Vancha kapat rubiascha, kipasin rubiacha. Atitanam avanebio, vaishnavebio, namo namaha. Vande shikrishna chaitanya, nityananda sohorito. Korai pushpavanto, chitro sando tamaro. Vande ham shirama krishna, avaya charanasago. Sukado Paramanando Sundaro Subalapriyo. Okay. Thanks to those who have joined me here and those that are listening either on YouTube or to the recording. We're continuing our classes on Prahlad, uh, specifically Prahlad's simple-hearted devotion um, as depicted in Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, the kind of constituents, the qualities of his um, simple-hearted devotion that we can meditate, unpack, and, and hopefully imbibe um, or learn how to imbibe in our own lives, uh, trying to follow in such a, an exalted Vaishnava's footsteps. Um, so we have kind of divided into four um, qualities of simplicity. It was detachment, which we explored last week. This week we'll be exploring not wasting time. Next week we'll be exploring universal compassion of Pallad. And uh, last week we'll be exploring his one-pointed um, desire um, for service, for devotion. Um, so we can recap quickly last week, our talk on detachment. Um, just, I'll mention just a few points because there was a lot, but one thing I brought up was how detachment um, is like pretty straightforward connected to simplicity. Um, as attachment brings suffering. So detachment, you could say, brings um, simplicity. Um, but I still want to explore it, even though it wasn't unique or um, even though it was obvious, I thought better to not try do, to do something special, but try to explore something sincerely and, and Krishna will make it special. Um, that, that blessing, that mercy coming from the Srup Shakti will make our sincere efforts, explorations, meditations, special, um, powerful and inspiring. So we explored detachment, even though it was an obvious quality of simplicity. Um, one thing we looked at was how Mahaprabhu was very pleased um, to see the detachment of his devotees. We looked at specifically Raghunath Das Goswami, but we also mentioned Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, uh, these figures in Gaur Lila who are kind of showing the way to enter into Krishna Lila. And one reason we understood why Mahaprabhu was so pleased was because this detachment is kind of indirect giving um, it, it allows a space for service for bhakti. Um, 
the more one's able to step back from engagement with the Maya Shakti material world, one is able to employ one's time, one's energy, one's mental space and functions in the service of Krishna. And so in that way, we, we could see detachment, even though it's usually a very dry, very kind of effort-based thing, it's in that way we can see it as um, a very sweet aspect of bhakti, um, very connected to mercy, um, to kind of have mercy uh, to be able to step back from the world to, to engage in Krishna's service. This detachment provides a space. And in that connection, we, we, um, we offered a prayer to Baladev along the lines of uh, just, O Baladev, um, just as you manifest Vajdam and provide so much nice space in the pastures, in the forests, in the mountains, in the caves for, for service to Krishna, for these loving exchanges to take place between the devotee and Krishna. So please, in my heart, manifest some detachment, manifest some space for, for bhakti to grow and to be offered to Krishna. And also, we mentioned Prahlad gave some caution, you know, to approach this detachment, not in a forced way and imitating, um, repressing and so forth, but with self-honesty, um, understanding one's adhikar, taking one step, you know, giving some space in one's life and, um, and seeing what one does with that free time how one's able to employ that, engage that, and use that. So, yeah, that was a quick recap of last week. This week, a natural kind of stepping stone, we move into not wasting time. Um, so when you, <laughs> when you have some detachment, um, space, time comes. Um, so now we're gonna explore this week that use of that time. We're gonna look at Prahlad, how he uses his time, what he says about time. Um, how can we can understand that for our sadhana um, and so forth. So I'd say in one sense, this is probably the most important class I'll be giving. Um, let me just tag myself. There we go. Um, because, I mean, we live in an age of distraction. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Um, with the development of the internet and social media and um, advertisement in every possible direction, um, so much thoughts, so much facts, so much information out and about. Um, and just get drowned <laughs> um, just by <laughs> one little click <laughs> here and there. Um, there goes 10 minutes, 15, 30, <laughs> there goes your morning. Um, so I'd say it's kind of an unprecedented time in some ways um, in terms of the 
ability to be so captured, distracted um, from our ideal, from our purpose of each day, um, to be kind of drawn this way and that. So in one sense, the meditation on and the intention of not wasting time um, could be like the most fundamental aspect of Prahlad's simplicity. I mean, we'll see later that his one-pointed desire is kind of the, um, the, um, the ground from which this comes out of um, not wasting time is comes out of his desire for bhakti. But in one sense, this is very, very important. Um, not wasting time. I saw on on line one, Sadhu, um, I, I wish I could find it again. I can't, <laughs> it's just a while ago on Facebook, but one Sadhu said that uh, Bhava Bhakti simply means no time wasted. Um, and Bhava Bhakti, there's, there's eight qualities that manifest. And one of them is um, to be efficient or to not waste time. And so I thought it was nice this sadhu was singling this quality out, um, bringing emphasis, prominence to it. Like if you, if you really want to know what Baba Bhakti is, it means not a second, not, not a second of your day is wasted. Um, and not in like a, a neurotic way, but just everything is naturally given. Um, and time is one, one thing we have to give. So that's, that's wholly given over to Krishna um, in Baba Bhakti. Um, so I guess in that sense, what, what is time? Um, kind of mystical, you can't really see it, but it affects everything around us. Um, kind of like consciousness in that way. Krishna uh, identifies himself with time in the Gita. Um, uh, I guess kind of connected to last class, you could say time is really space for engagement in activity. Um, that activity being karma or bhakti. I uh, say activity because you don't really see time in Brahman uh, where there's no activity. <laughs> there's nothing to do and there's no sense of passing time there. It just just everything is. Um, so really time is more connected to an environment of activity, relationship. Um, and that relationship could either be in karma, relation with karma or a relation with uh, bhakti, Bhagwan. And so in that sense, you could say time like the mind um, can either be the friend or the enemy of the jiva. Um, time can either facilitate one's liberation or it can facilitate one's, one's bondage um, in Maya Shakti. And there's a nice verse in Srimad Bhagavatam that Gurumaj likes to quote in this connection. Uh, it's the second canto third chapter, 17th verse. 
Ayahayati Vaipunsam, Udhyana Stam, Chayana Sao, Tasyate Yachanaonita, Uttamashloka Vataya. Both by rising and by setting, the sun decreases the duration of life of everyone, except one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the all good personality of Godhead. So we see in that verse this idea of a friend, a friend of the enemy. Um, time can either, you know, as we see in the Gita, Krishna manifests universal form where he's just devouring, <laughs> just thousands of mouths, just devouring everything. And that's time, um, these, these kind of jaws of death. Um, and we see a very, uh, each day we see the sun rising, the sun setting. And that's, that's showing us time's influence in you. Time is, is passing. Um, you're moving closer to death, except, this verse goes on to say, except one who uses that time for glorifying the, glorifying Bhagawan, Krishna, um, who engages in kirtan, um, who engages in bhajan, bhakti. And in that way is life-giving. <laughs> one's, one's life isn't decreasing, it's, it's life-giving. Um, so in that way, time is both death and life. Um, so we should we should try to find the life, the life in time. We should try to make time our friend. Um, so with that kind of brief introduction to what is time, we can turn to Prahlad and and how he uses his time, even as a, a young child and how that use of time fosters um, a, simple, a simple heart for devotion to express, to manifest. So in last class and also in this class, we're both looking at verses that explore Prahlad's character and his precept. Um, we have Narad telling this story to Yudhishthir. So Narad's often describing the character of Prahlad, um, how he conducts himself, um, his relationship with others, his relationship with God, and um, the qualities that he embodies and how we can be inspired by that. Um, also, we get um, him speaking, um, sharing. Uh, his thoughts. He sometimes speaks to Hiranyakashipu. He speaks to his classmates, and he also speaks to Nishingha, uh, offering prayers at the end. So um, I, mean, I guess you could kind of see in that way. Just thinking now about this, this this idea of how the devotee interacts with different different individuals. Um, there's the, um, those who are offensive, those who are simply ignorant, those who are um, kind of neutral friends, and those who are superiors. And so we can kind of see Prahlad, where he talks to <laughs> uh, Hiranyakashipu would be like one who's inimical, 
um, and how he talks to his classmates would more be like ignorant, those who are ignorant, and how he talks to um, Nershinga would be like how he talks to a superior, how he offers prayers um, and praise of, of his deity. Um, but, you know, we're exploring both character and precept for a reason. Um, not just the words and not just the character, but both because both really should be there um, in a sadhu. Um, they should have proper understanding. Um, I mean, especially if they're in the role of a teacher, they should have an understanding of Siddhanta, uh, be able to express uh, Siddhanta clearly. And they should also be have imbibed that siddhanta, um, be, be walking the talk, so to speak, be able to um, inspire us and show us what that siddhanta really means. Um, you know, you can say tunada pi sunichena tororiva sihishnuna, but what does that mean? Um, what's that mean in different contexts and different applications? And, and so how do you see that really play out and I think of the two, I mean, I don't wanna, both need to be there, but of the two, I'd say character is more important. Um, I don't think we should have a faith crisis if a particular sadhu has a misunderstanding about some fine detail of Siddhanta or expresses it a different way. Um, I mean, of course, there's there's boundaries, but the nature of this is that it is not captured by words or mind. It, it escapes words or mind. So we're putting words to it, but it's it's very um, it's very beyond us, and it can be very complex sometimes, especially in Gaudiya Vaishnavism when you break it all down. So um, yeah, I wouldn't think of it as like a, it shouldn't be a faith crisis of a sadhu on some fine point of Siddhanta, maybe speak a little differently, but I think um, we should expect the sadhu to really display the character, um, uh, be absorbed in bhakti. I think um, that will uh, carry us more to associate with one who's absorbed in bhakti than with one who can teach us everything about Siddhanta. Again, the two need to be there. Um, they're both important, but um, yeah. Of the two, I'd say character is, is most important. And so we'll, we'll dive into Prahlad's character first with that in mind. Um, his character connected to not wasting time. So again, we have Narad speaking uh, to Yudhishthir. Narad is describing this, this story of Prahlad. And this is kind of in the beginning of him talking about the qualities of Prahlad, fourth chapter, seventh canto, 37th verse. He says, Nyasta kuridanako balo 
Jalava Tang Manastaya Krishna Graha Grihitatma Navera Jagad Idishayam. The translation is From the very beginning of his childhood, Prahlad Maharaj was uninterested in childish playthings. Indeed, he gave them up altogether and remained silent and dull, being fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness. Since his mind was always affected by Krishna consciousness, he could not understand how the world goes on being fully absorbed in the activities of sense gratification. Nice verse. Um, so again, the, the point that he's a child um, comes up uh, from the very get beginning of his childhood. Um, we see this absorption in bhakti. So I think that's a nice point to really, um, if, you, if you want something to go well, it's good to start on a good note. Um, and that helps kind of build momentum and, and um, push the rest um, to build, the rest can build on that. Whereas if you start um, on a distracted note or in another, going in another direction, then uh, you kind of have to first turn around before you can get going. So um, we can see even as a child, just he's going, <laughs> he's going 100 miles an hour in the right direction. Uh, towards Krishna. Um, I mentioned as a child, he was uninterested in playing. <laughs> um, and I don't think this is suggesting that playing is bad or that um, recreational activities are not bhakti. It cannot be in the life of a sadhaka, I should say. Um, but I think it's really trying to emphasize he's, he's moving in another direction. Um, than the way the world's moving. Uh, I mean, all children are just, just impelled <laughs> by a force beyond them own, uh, their own selves. They, you know, they can't sit still. They're just constantly, they have to play. They have to, <laughs> they have to play um, or just move such. And so it's, it's notable that as a child, Prahlad wasn't moved in that way. Um, he wasn't affected by, by karma in such a way um, as to push him. Um, he was moving in a, a different direction from the rest of the world and um, not caught up by the sway, the current of the world. One, one meaning of guru is heavy. And so you can think of that in relation to um, when the world is blowing, the winds of, you know, we can see this with like uh, um, political, <laughs> political things often. Um, I mean, just how much that can capture um, a whole society. Um, some political election or this or that. And I mean, it's everywhere. You can't escape it. And the whole, whole current is just moving with it. <laughs> it's just so picked up and swayed with it. Um, so this idea of heavy is not, 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 it's like a rock, a steady stone is not blown by the winds uh, of the world. And because of that, um, Prahlad's described 
that he did not even understand the ways of the world. Um, not just that he wasn't moving with it, um, not just that he was moving in a different direction, but he couldn't even, he couldn't even grasp <laughs> the, the direction they were moving in. Um, he couldn't understand it. It just didn't add up to him. Um, he was um, so disposed that it just it, it didn't equate when he, he saw the desires, the movements, the, um, the activities of the world. Um, and I think this is important to emphasize that as devotees, we shouldn't feel like we have to understand everything about the world. Um, it's, <laughs> it's probably especially hard in these days when there's so much information and social reform and social ideas and um, new ways of looking at things. And, um, and I would say, um, I'd say one's not necessarily repressing something if they're um, if they if they don't understand if they can't understand um, the way the world's moving. I mean, honestly, the, the world's pretty crazy. <laughs> we should we should um, we should accept that. I think <laughs> just, just on a basic basis, the way the world's moving. Um, the amount of work it does for, for silly, petty things, um, how much effort it puts into things and how complex and um, duplicitous it can all be. It's, it's very strange. Um, so I think as one advances in spiritual life, as one advances in bhakti and um, naturally their intentions become less duplicitous, um, more simple, more kind of straightforward um, than the, the complexities of the world, <laughs> of the world and of people um, and the ways of the people and the way they're moving and um, this will start to make less and less sense. Um, it just, it just won't, it'll just be um, very strange. But I think an important point is that even though the ways of the world start to make, one understands them less, one will develop more compassion for the, the people that are engaged in in those activities, those mindsets, those movements, those relationships. Um, I think it's actually because we understand too much about the world. We understand too much about people. Um, we're, we're a little bit too, too much in it, so to speak, that our compassion is limited. It's, it's not because we don't understand enough about people. Um, it, I mean, 
there's not a, um, I think it's, it's important to emphasize there is, there can be like a hard heartedness. Um, this idea of like not understanding people of the world or, um, you know, calling them karmis and so forth and really kind of sectioning them off. And there's some strange, weird people. Um, I'd say if, 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 that if you're misunderstood, if you're not, how to put it, um, if your inability to understand the ways of the world is not fostering more compassion for the people of the world, then it's probably a form of repression or so forth. Um, we see Prahlad manifest extreme form of compassion uh, for his own father who, who tried to kill him uh, many times. He just wanted his father to to receive bhakti uh, from near Shingha. So even though he couldn't understand the ways of his father, the desires of his father and all these activities and how entangled his father was, <laughs> was wrapping himself up um, in the Maya Shakti, even though he couldn't understand it at all, it just made no sense to him. Still his compassion was, was growing. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's, that's an important point. Um, if we, um, we shouldn't feel like we have to understand everything about the world. Um, we're not bypassing, <laughs> that, that term's becoming very prominent these days. We're not necessarily engaging in spiritual bypassing. Um, just because we're not understanding all these complex social ideas and um, and ways of the world, but I'd say we are engaging in spiritual bypassing if if compassion is not is not manifesting in relation to that. So that's just something um, to keep in mind. Um, also, another part of this verse mentions that. Um, uh, Prahlad remains silent. So, um, he remained silent and acted as if dull. So, I'll explore those two. Um, in connection to him reigning, remaining silent, um, I'd say if you look at the instances in which he speaks, because he does give pretty long discourses and prayers and so forth during this Leela. But if you look at those instances, it's brought about by the questioning or petition, um, like with his classmates, they're questioning him about different things. And, um, and so he's responding with, uh, Nishringa, prayers to Nishringa, Brahma, petitions him, go for it. Offer prayers, you're, you're qualified to do so. Only you can appease him. Um, and even with Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyakashipu's servants, um, he really only shares spiritual wisdom uh, with them when they ask, what, what are you learning in school? Um, what's, what's on your mind? Um, so 
even though he's not, I think both things are there, even though he's not forcing his dogma on others, um, he's also not afraid to speak and share his beliefs. Um, you know, when Hiranyakashipu asks, he doesn't say, oh yes, I'm studying this and that, and I really like politics and, <laughs> and learning about art to common, dharma. He says, no, um, this, the goal of life is to engage in the nine angas of bhakti. And this is what I've learned from my guru, Sri Narad. So I think both are important. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be afraid to, um, to be straightforward and share what, what really moves us. Um, we shouldn't be afraid to share our beliefs, be embarrassed um, by what others may think. Or, um, I mean, really it's the, the sanest, most sober um, engagement one can do is bhakti. And so we should have real faith in that. And um, we should feel that we can, um, if we share it sincerely and honestly, um, others may hear it, they may not, but um, at least we're being sincere. But, you know, again, that's not, that doesn't mean pushing it on anyone. Um, you know, the difference between sharing your beliefs and trying to convert someone. And a lot of people don't respond too well. Um, to these kind of uh, conversion tactics, um, trying to corner them and, and question them and their ways. And um, so I think nicer just to share what you're about, uh, what moves you and be honest, sincere, be confident in that, um, be simple, straightforward. And, but um, yeah, do it in, you know, moments that it's natural, uh, moments that there's a space for it, there's an openness. Uh, Guru Maharaj often emphasizes teachable moments. Um, and, you know, letting our character, coming back to the character and precept, letting our character kind of speak for itself. And then if a moment arises, like we see in the Sayla Perladis, certainly letting his character um his classmates are seeing his his, <laughs> his father's trying to kill him in all these ways and still he's he's invincible who is this who's this classmate of ours <laughs> what, what's so special about this guy um and so he kind of creates that that moment for teaching and then in that context he shares uh, what he's about so um yeah, you could kind of think of that in connection to how he remains silent. Um, remains silent in the sense he speaks when he should speak. And he, he, um, he keeps more internal, inward, when, um, when the moment's maybe not the best for speak. It also mentions that he acted as if dull. Um, <laughs> So um, he gave up playing altogether and acted as if dull. Um, Jadavat, 
is the name for as if dole and tat manastaya or sorry jaravat is as if dole or without activities so we'll explore that for a little bit um you can say you know someone's acting as if they're dole as if dole you would assume they're not very not very busy with active service. Um, not, not really engaged uh, physically in missionary active uh, service work. So, you know, if someone's not very active with service, you might question, they're wasting their time. Um, so, I think one important point to emphasize is not wasting time does not always mean, um, it doesn't mean being busy um, or not having time to sit and think, um, you know, having such a full day of, of schedule things um, that there's no moment wasted, <laughs> I'd say. Um, that can even be a way of, of wasting time um, if we're staying too busy and we're not, even in the name of service, um, it can be very easy to justify um, and even promote our Rajagun uh, in the name of Bhakti. Um, Rajagun can be used can be dovetailed in bhakti. Um, if we have a real strong propensity to move and um, engage in these activities of the world, we can, we can connect that to our bhakti. But I'd say it's very important not to think that that is, that's not the goal of bhakti. Um, we shouldn't be justifying promoting our, um, our rajagun in the name of, of bhakti. Um, you can say Krishna Leela, they're always busy. They're always busy in Krishna Leela. Uh, they don't have time to, to sit and think. They're always churning butter, um, herding the cows, picking stuff for Krishna, picking flowers, making food. And say that's true, but Gorli is the way to get there. <laughs> so we can look at the, the sadhus of, of Gorlila. Um, Raghunath Das Goswami and Rupa Goswami, Sanat Goswami, it's people who showed the way. And, and yeah, they engaged in certain activities, building temples and so forth, but they had lots of time to, to sit, do japa, to think, to meditate. Um, so definitely don't, as sadhakas, we shouldn't get into the mindset that we have to stay busy, to be afraid of free time. Well, free time is my, <laughs> free time is maya. I think we have to learn how to use our, our free time. Um, not that free time is bad. Free time is not um, going to degrade us. It's not going to, um, we can use our free time to facilitate um, our, our actual engagement in Sarup Siddha Bhakti. Um, I think 
reflection is an important aspect in the life of a sadhaka. Um, time to process and digest kind of the time that we engage in Sarup Siddhavakti, so chanting, hearing, um, reading, uh, speaking, and engaging in active service to Guru, Gauranga, Deity Seva, these kind of angas of Sarup Siddhavakti, these I think these really need to be like digested. Um, you know, we're a sadhaka, so we're kind of like a work in process. Um, and so we're still in the process of identifying and really integrating our whole self into the practice of bhakti. Um, we're, we're in the process of really making our sadhana part of us the making our sadhana should be who we are um, in one sense, not that it's something we identify with um, in a group setting or in the right sangha, we really identify with that, but um, taking the time to process, integrate, reflect on all these things that are, are being given to us, um, all these blessings that are coming and really make those part of ourselves. So bhakti can be like our thing, <laughs> our, our own thing, of course, dependent on Guru and Garanga, but really something that we feel is part of us. Um, and we can have some self-sustainability with um, even moments, you know, because we can't be in um, physical sangha all the time. So in those moments when we're not, um, having integrated and identified, we can uh, more naturally uh, find Sangha, association, inspiration, and dedication when we're by ourselves. Um, and I'd say, I don't think one can really identify with the I fully I mean, it depends what stage one's at, I guess. <laughs> but I think busy work won't make you identify wholesale as a devotee of Krishna. I mean, I think we see this instance a lot where devotees engage in busy work for, for many, many years, and then they haven't taken the time to reflect on what all that meant. And so when they finally do, it's they have a faith crisis maybe, and they might even leave the practice or, or become kind of lukewarm <laughs> devotees in some way. Um, so I think the whole, the whole process beginning to end, we should be taking a lot of time to reflect and, um, and integrate. Uh, of course, I'd say, yeah, of course, in the beginning, there can be some place for um, just trying to get some sukriti <laughs> under one's belt <laughs> uh, before one really engages in um, too much integration. I guess that could rock the boat a little too much in the beginning, but um, 
it should be, I'd say it's, it should be an important part of the lifelong journey of a sadhaka. There's time for reflection, learning how to be with ourselves. That's, that's huge. <laughs> learning how to be just with ourselves. I'd say one of the biggest um, challenges, obstacles of our modern society is um, people are, are so rarely in a situation where they just are forced to do nothing or they have to be bored <laughs> for a moment or an hour or two. Um, they don't have a phone or a TV or um, something to, to kind of distract them. Um, to waste time. <laughs> we have a lot of time wasting devices um, around us these days. So I, I'd say we shouldn't feel like we have to be engaging in Srupa Bhakti at every moment. I think we have to feel okay just doing nothing, staring at a tree <laughs> and just letting all of that kind of wash over us all that Sarupsita Bhakti that we've been, been engaging in, that we've been using our time well for, let that really just wash over us and um, become part of us, something that we identify with on a deep level. And I think time, space, um, some solitude is really important for all of that. Um, and I think important to remember too that we engage in active service for a reason um, we're, we're trying to absorb our minds in service to krishna to, to develop a serving identity um, so that we can offer our hearts fully when we sit when we meditate when we do japa um, this, this movement, because we are um, conditioned to move, we have a tendency or to be active to move. So we try to move in such a way that we develop a new identity. Our movements, our actions foster a, the sense that I am a servant of Krishna. I'm, I'm here for his pleasure. Um, my thoughts, my words, my actions. I should try to orient all of those so that they give pleasure to Krishna because that, that's what service is. Service means to please um, the object of your service. So um, just busy work isn't necessarily gonna please Krishna. Um, he, he really wants a heartfelt offering. Um, he says in the Gita, just offer me um, fruit, flower, a leaf, some water. Um, we see um, Vaita Acharya just offered Tosi leaves and Gandhi's water. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, those are not small things either. We shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't think a temple is necessarily a bigger thing and Tosi water, or uh, Tosi leaves, Tosi manjais and, and Ganges water. Uh, Krishna loves those things. 
but really it's the heartfelt offering behind any of these. It's the heart, it's the bhakti um, that Krishna accepts. So we're engaging in these acts of service so that we can, we're trying to change our hearts. We can sit, meditate, and really um, give ourselves, find Krishna. <laughs> you know, it's said that he's in his name. Um, so that's the goal. We're trying to find him there. Um, waiting for him to reveal himself. But we're, bhakti is not a passive waiting. Bhakti is a very active, very active waiting. Uh, we see this Brahma praise to Krishna. The 14th chapter, the 10th canto. Um, famous verse where he says, that devotee who's always engaged in offering obeisances to you with words, mind, and body, all while tolerating his past karma. Um, that devotee is the hare um, to service at your feet. So he's, he's waiting, you know, he's waiting for his, his karma to, to dissipate, but it's not a passive waiting. All the while he's engaged in um, offering obeisances with his full self, his full self. And Brahma says that person's the hare, that person <laughs> um, is next in line, so to speak, for, for service at your feet. Um, and I think one important thing to note too is with japa, and there's sometimes been an emphasis in this way um, that, you know, if you can't absorb your mind in japa, then um, stay busy, stay active until you can. Um, but, and I think that's, that's, that's important. Um, but I don't think we should over take that to an extreme. Um, you know, one, one instance would be like, if we cook a bad prep, right, if we're making an offering for the deity and, and one prep comes out horrible, <laughs> say we're even following, we're trying to follow a recipe by Yamuna and the, off, the, the prep just comes out disgusting. <laughs> Maybe it was oversalted, put in twice the amount of salt or forgot the oil or who knows. Um, it's not that we give up cooking. It's nothing, oh, I'll do something else and then maybe I'll come back and do cooking later. No, we, we study. We study the recipe, um, approach it again, try to reorient ourselves and, and um, try to make a nice offering. Um, and so I think there should be some place for that too in Japa. Um, it's not just that because you can't absorb yourself because you can't do bhajan, can't, you can't really sit and absorb yourself, um, that you do something else. I think there's a place for, um, you know, continually working on that, studying, reorienting, um, putting time in, even if it's not a perfect offering, um, putting time and effort into um, to refining that, um, a little more each day and, and realizing that that's purifying, even when it's not a perfect offering. Um, 
it's it's extremely purifying and Krishna is accepting that. Um, and remembering too that, you know, what's the mercy of Srinam um, to simply hear just, just, one, just, just once, just to hear the name once, <laughs> um, to, to, to truly hear it. Right now we're, we've got our, our ears covered, <laughs> um, our head in the sand and so forth. But if we can really just hear it once without any, any, any side noise, um, sincerely, purely, uh, I mean, our, our day will be complete. We're sitting in Joppa in the morning and we, we can hear the name and day's, day's finished. <laughs> there's, there's nothing more to complete that day. Successful day before it began, uh, successful life. Um, we realize, you know, we wake up sometimes like, we gotta, we gotta move, the world's, the world's waiting. <laughs> it's something, I'm, I'm missing out on something, I'm late. Um, and when, we, when we're able to hear the name, we we'll realize, no, no, the whole world can wait. The whole world can wait for this. Um, this, is, this is the most important part of my day. Um, so I think, I think we should remember that, meditate on that. The blessing, the mercy of Srinam. Um, and realize this is worth giving my time to. Even, even if I can't fully, I mean, it's a sacrifice, right? The Yajna of Kali Yuga. So we should remember that sacrifices aren't always blissful. So it's okay if it's not blissful. We should, we should be willing to um, have a sense of duty to Srinam each morning. Um, and so, so we, we talked a little bit about the character. Sorry, I think I'm gonna go a little long today. This is a big one, um, not wasting time. It's connected to simplicity. So if any of you have to leave, I, I won't be, um, I won't be offended. Um, so the next part, we looked at Prahlad's character in that first verse. Yudhisthira spoke. Now we'll look at his precept. And this is when he's speaking to the students in his class. They, they've kind of observed, this is a pretty extraordinary person. What are, what are you about? So he starts speaking. And I'll read three verses. This is in the sixth chapter of the seventh canto, and it's six, seven, and eight. Uh, he says, Every human being has a maximum duration of life of 100 years. But for one who cannot control his senses, half of those years are completely lost because at night he sleeps 12 hours, being covered by ignorance. Therefore, such a person has a lifetime of only 50 years. In the tender age of, in the tender age of childhood, when everyone is bewildered, one passes 10 years. Similarly, in boyhood, Engaging in sporting and playing, one passes another 10 years. In this way, 20 years are wasted. Similarly, in old age, when one is an invalid, unable to perform even material activities, one passes another 20 years wastefully. One whose mind and senses are uncontrolled becomes increasingly attached to family life. 
because of insatiable lusty desires and very strong illusion. In such a madman's life, the remaining years are also wasted because even during those years, he cannot engage himself in devotional service. So, pretty heavy. <laughs> um, a lot can be heavy. So I heard a nice Omkar once said, um, Sri Ramaraj, because Sri Ramaraj had such a, or no, sorry, it was Morlida who said it. Um, Sri Ramaraj has such a kind of a soft, affectionate, um, tender nature. But because of that, when he says something that um, is a little heavier, it's, it's, it's all that much more heavier <laughs> because he's so, um, <laughs> so, so soft and soft-hearted. Um, you know he really means it. Um, and so there's some commitment that comes with that. He's not just saying it to um, criticize um, or to put others down. He's saying it with compassion. And so that compassion makes it, oh, I really have to take this. I really have to take this seriously. So I think similarly with Prahlad, you know, as a young boy, very, very compassionate, soft heart. When he's heavy, we have to know this is, we have to see the compassion behind it and, and try to find some commitment, inspiration in it. So one thing to note is that he says, basically these years are, he kind of divides it into three stages, I guess you could say. Um, the boyhood, kind of childhood boyhood, um, adulthood and uh, elder, <laughs> elderhood or <laughs> elderly life. Um, and in different ways, these kind of capture us. Um, childhood's about playing, uh, adulthood's about career, family life, and adult, elderly life, um, one becomes afflicted by disease or mental and physical, makes it hard to engage oneself. Um, so I think one point to note with that is Maya Shakti is always changing. <laughs> It's always evolving. Um, so is it, even though we may get tired, a little kind of detached <laughs> in one stage of life, um, you know, say in our boyhood, we get a little detached from playing or going to parties or um, going after the opposite sex, whatever it may be. Um, adulthood will bring a whole new web of things to capture us. Um, work, responsibilities, uh, partnership, uh, children, um, maintaining one's house. And, um, and then when we kind of get some detachment from that, elderly life will come and <laughs> give us some disease or who knows what, um, making it hard to, to use that, um, that time. So I think Prahlad's just really emphasizing this point that has kind of short um, time is 
um, how sacred time is, uh, precious time is, and we should never take advantage of time, become lax with time, thinking, oh, I can do this later. There'll be something later. Something later will come. So I think he's really emphasizing this point that um, don't wait. Don't, don't wait until, until this or until that to engage oneself in bhakti because something else will come to, to capture us. Um, and because, because Maya is always shifting in these new ways, because um, she's always showing a different form, a different angle, a uh, different kind of way, uh, to entangle us a bit. I think it's notable that one needs to be very skillful, uh, very artful in their service, very dynamic. I mean, one thing that <laughs> just amazes me is the dynamism, uh, how dynamic Gurmaj has been in his years of service. Um, I mean, engaging in book distribution full time, going out to the public, always speaking with new people every day, um, to, to stepping back um, and doing more writing or in like a retreat setting. And then seeing some momentum. So trying to start communities, engaging and developing communities and working with people and and then stepping back <laughs> um, and kind of entering more to his um, stage of more bhajan um, and so forth. So I think we should we should take a lot of inspiration from that and and not think of devotional service in our, our own lives in a, um, a singular um, kind of um, simple. Yeah, black and white way um, this is what service is this is what this is what inspires me this is what doesn't um, we should know that we're, we're gonna have to be a bit dynamic um, and our engagement our absorption in service will, will change over time when we're based on our age <laughs> Gumaj once told me that um, Bhakti isn't about counting. Um, so it, <laughs> he once asked what my age was. Um, I, I, so I said, Bhakti, you said Bhakti is not about counting. And he said, yeah, age is different. Um, so age is, age is really important. It's, it's a very, um, it influences our mind a lot. And of course, Bhakti will express itself and it will come through but it'll come through it in different ways um, based on our age and our disposition. So we should be, we should be ready for that. Um, and Skumar says we should be like water and kind of flexible, flexible enough to, to move in, in those different ways. In one way, you could say the first 20 years of one's life is imp the impressionable time of one's life. The middle of one's life is more active, more relational. 
and the last 20 years is more kind of still, reflective, meditative. Um, so in that way, knowing these different stages, one could say, when one's young, it's, it's good to really just take as much as, as one can um, in terms of Sangha. Uh, hear, study, chant, be in good association. I mean, sometimes it's connected to like brahmachari, but, but really, I mean, the idea is just, just to absorb as much as one can um, during that time, because it's a very impressionable period in one's life. Um, the, the middle of one's life, kind of one's adulthood, you know, is engaged in, one has to make money, um, one's in, has a family or so forth, different relationships. Um, those should be based on uh, one's goal, um, one's ideal in service. Um, so how we walk is, is how we sit. So to walk, to move in the world in such a way um, we're reminded, um, we're encouraged in our bhakti and we're able to kind of continually develop uh, our identity as a servant. And so then when one goes to sit, it's, it's a little more natural, a little smoother transition. Um, we're kind of moving in the same direction, so to speak. And then um, in one's elder years, I think it's, you know, one could say generally it's a nice time to create space for reflection, um, deeper meditation and so forth, to reflect on all that one's been given and learned and imbibed and, and really try to go inward with all of that. So I think Prahlad's kind of encouraging in that direction uh, to use all this time, time's time short. <laughs> um, with the rising and the setting of the sun, times being, the life's being taken, for, except one who engages in, in service to Sri Krishna. So, so kind of using these different stages and, and even one could say like microcosmically, these three stages, we see them in every day of life, the morning, midday, evening. Um, the morning is very impressionable, just like just like as a youth, the morning is a very impressionable time. Our mind is very, it's not really set, <laughs> uh, really like fully structured yet. It's very kind of loose. So it's a really good time for japa, kirtan, um, time to just hear, just to take in that samskar of the name. Not some, you know, we don't need to like think so much about, um, deep philosophy or so forth. I mean, maybe it inspires you, but generally the morning is often a time for like um, just simple repetition of, of Srinam um, and kind of setting setting the day. It's, it's so important, the morning, um, to really start the day. I mean, just how Prahlad starts his life on a good note to start the morning, start one's day on a, on a powerful note. Um, with the blessing of Srinam. And then moving from that, I mean, ideally our, our morning should overflow. Um, our absorption in Srinam 
in the morning should overflow into our activities, our inspiration, our, our imbibement of service should overflow into our engagement um, in the day when we're active. And, um, and so then we can, we can uh, embody the, the third verse of Shikshastakam very nicely. Um, our humility, our tolerance, all overflow uh, as a result of our, our morning japa. Um, and then the end of the day, you know, kind of more of a, a quiet um, time for reflection, reading, meditation, um, reflecting on the successes, the failures of one's day, um, how one can improve in one's service the next day. Um, really good for to be conscious, you know, to always reflect what went right, what went right, what didn't go right. How can I, how can I improve tomorrow? How can I give more, um, more tomorrow? What what realizations came today? Um, in my japa, in my move, you know, activities, my services, my kirtan, so forth. Um, but what realizations came that I can try to imbibe and identify with? Um, a good time also to reflect on um, the blessings, how blessed we are to be able to engage each day in these activities. Uh, what we received from Guru, Goranga, Vaishnavas. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not a gift that we've received. It's, it's really a life. Um, we've been really given life itself um, each day. It's, it's, um, it's unfolding what we've been given. Um, so you have to, be, to, to feel really grateful all that, how, how little we deserve all that. Um, such mercy has descended. Um, and then, yeah, reading books in the evening, it's a nice time to read. And um, books that inspire our commitment to the ideal. So kind of knowing ourselves and whether that's Leela narratives or more philosophical books and so forth. What books really inspire our commitment um, to serving Shiguru and Garanga and, and identifying the identity, uh, fostering the identity of a sadhaka, of a servant. So I think if we are skillful in, Bhakti is all about kind of starting small. Um, but we shouldn't feel the need to be special or big. Um, you know, often devotees in the beginning ask, well, when will I attain bhava? When will I attain this? Or in this life, will I attain praying? It's, it's too big picture. Um, really bhakti is, is, is about kind of just one step at a time. Um, and I think each day, if we approach it, um, and really important to remember that just um, each day is a new day. Um, so we have to find that again the next day. Um, 
if we had a, a deep realization, inspiration the day before, um, we have to find that again, or else it'll just become a memory. Um, those memories are powerful, but <laughs> our experience is more powerful. So we have to continually find that experience. Um, and so each day, if we kind of commit ourselves to these three periods of the day, and use them skillfully, artfully, um, sincerely, then I think the bigger picture will, will take shape naturally. Uh, the bigger picture of our life will, as Pallad says, won't be wasted. Um, the stages of our life will all foster um, our service to Sri Krishna and um, simply time, time will become our friend. Um, so, yeah, these were some, some ideas about um, time, the idea of not wasting time and how to approach that, um, taking inspiration from the character and the words of Prahlad and how this ability to use our time effectively will, will bring a lot of simplicity. <laughs> will bring a lot of simplicity to our lives, um, to our sadhana, and ultimately to our devotion. Um, we'll be able to, to simply make more offerings of our heart for Sri Krishna. Um, so that's all I have for today. Thank you for joining. Vancha Kapatarubhyas Cha, Kripasana Nubhyeva Cha, Patitanam Pavanebhyo, Vaishnavebhyo Namaha. Evo. If I see Shard is still online with me, if you have any questions or comments, you're welcome to share. Next week we'll be exploring Prahlad's uh, universal compassion and how that is a foundational quality of his simple-hearted devotion. Kind of continuing to talk about how time can be the friend or the enemy. Next class we'll explore the um, the, um, the concept of the world others, uh, other living beings being the friends of the enemy. God uses that term a lot, so look forward to that. Have a, have a nice week. Haribo, thank you for joining. Um, oh, Shard said she has a, has a question, but she'll ask next week. Okay. Thank you for joining. Haribo.